0: You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church, Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. My Lord and my God, we've been reading the Bible, and how many people, I mean, the Bible has come alive to you? Especially the Old Testament. Huh? It's, it's not as bad as you thought, right? And I have news for you, it's even better even better and it will continue to get better and better and better every time you read through the bible you get better every time you read the bible your life changes i'm telling you you might not notice you know a lot of times we don't even notice when we're changing It's other people that will notice other people will see and then they'll say wow what's happening to you. Even physically when you are changing, you don't notice. Is that not so? Yeah. Oftentimes, unless you are the kind of person that is you know, extremely detailed. <laughs> because some people are too detailed for their own good. <laughs> yeah. But your clothes will just start telling you. You just say, ah, what is happening? Ah, it's, you are struggling to fit it. It's the washing machine. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So the scriptures are powerful. I am telling you that there is no better book to read than God's own book. you were actually created to be sustained by His Word. Amen? The Word of God is part of our sustenance. It's part of our livelihood. It's not just bread, butter, or whatever it is you like, pop and verse. It's not just about that. The Word of God to your spirit, my goodness, it's, it's, it's something else, right? So when Christians don't feed upon the Word of God, they rob themselves of their true potential because the Word contains everything you need. God does not do anything without His word. All right? So when He wants to bless you, He sends a word. When He wants to heal you, He sends a word. When He wants to prosper you, He sends a word. When He wants to promote you, He sends a word. When He wants to change your life, He sends a word. You see? So, when he wants to reorder your life, he sends his word. When he wants to align you, put you into alignment, you know, put the broken pieces together, he sends his word. (laughs) So, that's why oftentimes when you're reading your Bible, you find out that you get distracted a lot. Especially, you know, if you have not gotten to that point where you can be disciplined enough. That's the time your WhatsApp just, they just keep coming. Even four o'clock in the morning. You say, are people not sleeping? What What do they want from me? But the enemy wants you to drop that book. Because he knows what it can do you. He would rather you read you magazine? Come on. Yeah. Destiny? Huh? And whatever you like. Those are the things that he wants you to read. Now, I'm not saying that you can't get some things from those sources. But they are not life-giving. Do you understand? They are not what? life-giving jesus said the words that i speak to you they are spirit and they are life so if you want a better quality of life how many people can do with a better an upgrade in their life come on you can do it with an upgrade huh okay you some of you are sorted you don't need any upgrade some of us still need an upgrade Yeah, I need an upgrade in my relationship with God. Yes. I I, I need an upgrade. I want want to walk with God in in a higher level. Okay? I want to enjoy Him more. I want to experience Him more. Yeah. I want an upgrade. So I know I cannot do it without His Word. So what does that mean? I get into His Word. Amen. Glory, glory, glory. So this morning, I want to share with you briefly on what I tie to the transforming power of meditation. Say the transforming power, the transforming power. of meditation. meditation. S- say it as if you believe what you are saying. The transforming power, the transforming power. of Biblical meditation. (laughs) I need to add that. Because when you talk about meditation, some people think it's what they do in the gym. That thing that you do in the gym is not meditation. Come on. Yes, it is not. That thing is transcendental meditation. Which is... It's an aspect of the New Age religion. Hello? Yeah. As part of the New Age religion. There's a school here in Midran that practices meditation. So all the children, they put them in the classroom. For for every day, they have like a few minutes of meditation. So... Why is it that the enemy also wants to practice meditation if there is no power in meditation? Have you thought about that? If the enemy decides to do something, to practice something, I have news for you. There is a positive side of it that he has seen works, so he takes it in order to use it. Are you getting my point? Listen, Satan knows his time is short. Okay? His lease, Adam's lease is almost up. Because he's operating on earth today by Adam's lease. Adam's lease over the earth is almost up. So God, the owner of the earth, is about to come and take it back. The lease is expired. So he knows the lease is almost up. He will not waste his time doing things that don't work. So, if he can steer his people to meditate, that means there is efficacy. There is power. There is transforming power in meditation. So, I want us to look at a few scriptures. they not... not not much, but a few scriptures and a few examples that would help us. And I want to encourage you, even as you're reading the Bible, as you're going through the scriptures, I want you to make time to meditate. Because it's one of the keys to victory. It's one of the keys to accessing the wealth in God's Word. Okay? Okay? So, in Psalm 19, the psalmist made a statement. Psalm 19, I think it's verse verse 24. It says, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable. Come on. Have you heard that before? Okay, verse 14. Psalm 19, verse 14. It says, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. This is a prayer that he's praying for himself. Somebody say that, say, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O oh Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Oh Lord, so, if he is praying for the words of his mouth and the meditations of his heart to be acceptable, it means that God watches our words. And he watches our meditations. Did you realize that God watches your mouth? Did you realize that God watches your meditations? The meditations of your heart. God watches. God watches. Telling you. And your life will go in the direction of your meditation. Those are two vital keys that will determine the direction of your life. The meditations of your heart and the words of your mouth. So, if you want your life to change, you must pay close attention to what I'm saying. The words of your mouth and the meditations of your heart need to be acceptable. God is... Investigating. Watching your heart. He says, I the Lord searches the heart. Does that know what he said in, in, in Jeremiah? Uh, is it Jeremiah, is it 33 or 20? Where is it? I the Lord searches the heart. He says, I tried the reins of the heart. What is he looking for? Lord, don't you have better things to do than to be searching my heart? That's where the treasures of your life are. In your heart. The treasures of your heart, of your life are in your heart. If you want to have a successful career, begin to pay attention to your meditation. If you want to have a successful marriage, begin to pay attention to your meditations. If you want to have a healthy life, begin to pay attention to your meditation. If you want to be strong in the spirit, begin to pay attention to your meditation. The words of your mouth and the meditation of your heart need to be acceptable. You remember in Numbers chapter 14 when the Israelites were, after the spies came back and they gave a report. Gave a bad report. The ten spies gave a bad report. And then Caleb and Joshua gave a good report. Right? Numbers chapter 14. Let's look at verse 26. The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron saying, How long shall I bear with this evil congregation who complain against me? I have heard the what? The complaints with which the children of Israel make against me. Say to them, as I leave, says the Lord, just as you have spoken in my hearing, so I will do to you. Notice that. God is saying, how long am I going to bear with these people? This evil congregation. And these are multitudes of people, right? God went through all sorts to bring them out of Egypt. Parted the Red Sea. Feeding them with angel food. But then the Lord says, As I live, just as you have spoken in my hearing, the words of your mouth. Hello. Hello. The words of your mouth. God is listening. So he says, I have heard what you said. Just as you have spoken in my hearing, I will do it to you. So a lot of times, we blame God for not doing things in our lives. Could it be that we are speaking against our lives? Could it be that the words of your mouth have taken your life in a direction you don't desire? Could it be? For these people, they didn't realize. They didn't realize. that They just thought they were just complaining. I just like to say what is in my mind. Come on. just like to spill it out, spill it out, spill it out. Hello. They spilled it out. God heard and God said amen to what they said. May God not say amen to some of the things we are saying. Especially things that are contrary to God's will. Things that are contrary to our destiny. Are you getting me? I don't want God to say amen to my complaint. Why why should God say amen to my complaint? Stop complaining. Stop it. Thought someone say he's talking to you. He's talking to you. Come on. Yeah. So God says. and, And this will tell you that the words of your mouth are vital. Okay? The words of your mouth are vital. He says, I will do just as you have spoken. Then 29, he says, the carcasses of you who have complained against me shall fall in this wilderness. So that's what they were saying. They were saying to Moses, you have brought us to the wilderness to kill us. Do you understand? Prior to this is you and God have conspired against us. Why did you bring us out of Egypt? Why did you bring us here to kill us? You want us to die and our children to die. You and they just kept, they, they just kept going on and on and on and on and on. And God says, "Okay, fine. The carcasses of you who have complained against me shall fall in this wilderness. The words of your mouth will be fulfilled." That's what God is saying to them. What you have said shall come to pass. So be it according to your word. So be it according to your word. It says all of you who were numbered according to your entire number from 20 years old and above. From the age of 20 going up. All of you who have complained. Your carcasses. The wilderness will be littered with your bodies. Vultures are going to eat your body. Let's read on. Come on. It says, Except for Caleb, the son of Jephne and Joshua, the son of Nun, you shall by no means enter the land which I swore that I will make you dwell in. God had sworn already. But look at what changed his mind. He swore that they would get in. But their complaint. God says, "What your complaint is going to come to pass. Forget about what I said before. Come on. Forget about what I said before. You've been complaining, right? You've been complaining. You continue to complain all the time. You're complaining. Let it be according to your complaint. Don't mess with God. He's a loving God. I I mean, you can't beat him when it comes to love. All right? But you better understand him. You better understand him. There are things he doesn't joke with. This is one of them. So, touch your neighbor. Are you complaining? Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop complaining. If you have that habit, you need to be delivered from it this morning. Huh? If you don't have anything to say, keep quiet. Yeah. Because by the time God starts saying, so be it. Who is going to undo it? (laughs) Who? Who can stop it when God says amen to what you said? Say, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable to you. Oh God, my Savior and Redeemer. Amen. Years ago, there's a song we used to like. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts. Huh? And what? We'll just be singing. But we don't know what we're saying. This is a prayer you should be praying for yourself all the time. Lord, help me. In fact, the psalmist even say, put a guard over my mouth. Hello? Yeah. So... Be careful. What am I, why am I saying this? I don't want you to end up where you shouldn't be. Because you don't know, you don't understand this principle. Because ignorance does not exonerate you. Do you understand? Yeah. So if you say, oh, uh, judge, you, you are taken to court, and you say, I, I didn't know. Does that mean you are free? The judge will tell you, it's your responsibility to know. Am I correct? Yeah. So, you don't know this principle. It's your fault. Huh? The greatest demon that is fighting you is ignorance. It's not the devil. The devil devil is, is, is not as powerful as you think he is. He just exploits your ignorance. He, he uses your ignorance against you. That's what. That's what makes him powerful. Is your ignorance. And that's why reading the word of God is important. Why? Because it gets, it opens your eyes. And then it makes it even more difficult for him. Some people don't like to read. I'm sorry for you. You don't like to read. Well, So God says, Except Joshua and Caleb, you guys will not get in. It says, But your little ones whom you said would be victims, I will bring in, and they shall know the land which you have despised. He says, But as for you, your carcasses shall fall in the wilderness. And your sons shall be shepherds in the wilderness 40 years. And bear the brunt of your infidelity until your carcasses are consumed in the wilderness. Oh, God is hectic. Yeah, he is. So, it is important for us to understand this our God. And it's only the Bible that it helps us to understand him. It's not your tradition that will, you know, give you understanding of God. It doesn't matter how you feel. Your feelings can deceive you about God. Okay? But the Word of God will not lie to you. So, stop complaining. The moral of this is, listen, there is a way to talk. If you don't know how to, you need to learn. (laughs) Okay? You need to learn. So, if he is watching over our words, what is he doing to our minds, our um, thoughts? He's also watching, he's interested. And what's going on in your mind? I know some of you, you are sitting down here in church, but your mind is somewhere else. Please, come back. Let's be here together. (laughs) Some of you are already thinking about your lunch. Huh? I don't know if you have anything in the oven. You're thinking about that. God can see your thoughts where they're traveling to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let's just bring them back, okay? Let's, let's be here together. But the reason why God is interested in your thought life is because it's part of how He's going to change you to make you who you are supposed to be. Amen? So, meditation, what does it mean to meditate? Because meditation has nothing to do with emptying your mind. How many people have, you've you've been taught that before, you've heard it somewhere in some circles. Huh? Just empty your mind. Biblical meditation is not about emptying your mind. As a matter of fact, it's about filling your mind. Okay? touch someone say, fill your mind. Fill your mind mind with the word of God. Do you know that even God meditates? He says, the psalmist says, what is man that you are mindful of him? So he meditates about you. Hello, Did you know that God is mindful of you? In other words, His mind is full of you. You occupy His mind. Hello. His mind is not empty. His mind is full. It is full of you. Mindful. Not mind empty. Yes? Yeah? So don't empty your mind. T- tell someone, don't empty your mind. Please. Don't empty your mind. <laughs> don't. You need to fill your mind. If God fills his mind, why should you empty yours? Yeah? So look at the scripture. Thank you. Psalm 8 verse 4. What is man that you are mindful of him? Huh? Or the son of man that you visit him. God visits. Hey, he's coming to you. How many people are preparing for the visitation of God in their lives? I am getting ready for another visit. Come on, tell someone I'm getting ready. God is, God is coming to visit me. Hallelujah. Get ready, he's coming. He's coming. Yeah. Especially as you read Apostle Taylor's book, the realm of visitations open to you in a stronger way. Say, Lord, thank you for filling your mind with me. For being mindful of me. Yes. He's thinking about you. If he's not thinking about you, how come he knows when strand, one strand of hair falls from your head? How come he knows when that happens? If he's not thinking about you, God thinks about you. Why? Because you're special. Amen? Some other people will look at you and write you off. It's because they can't recognize value. It's not because you are valueless. It's because they are blind. Amen? It's because they are blind. And you need to begin to appreciate that. Because for God to pay attention to you is because you mean something to Him. So if you don't mean anything to anyone else in the world, too bad for them. Not for you. Because God is already mindful of you. if God is paying attention to you and other people don't give you attention, should that upset you? Okay, do you want people to give you attention and God not to give you attention? Which one do you prefer? The whole world gives you attention. They celebrate you, but God is not celebrating you. God is just like, he doesn't even care. Is that what you want? No. So you are his meditation. Ah, his meditation. Amazing. You came from Him. That's why. Hmm? You came from Him. So He's looking at you. He's thinking about you. Every single day He thinks about you. So is it too hard? Is 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 it too hard for you to even think about Him? If He's thinking about you, why shouldn't you think about Him? So your meditation should be on the Lord. Think about the Lord. Amen? Think about Him. When you wake up in the morning, it's an opportunity to think about Him. When, 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 you, when you walk in the course of the day, think about Him. In the night, think about Him. It's one of the ways that you can be changed. Because the more you think, as a man thinketh, so is he. So the interesting thing is, um, when God commissioned Joshua, you remember that, in Joshua chapter 1. Now, after the death of Moses, you need to understand the importance of, of the words that God gave Joshua. After the death of Moses... And you know, I mean, Moses was intimidating. Let's, I mean, let's be honest. Yeah, this guy, I mean, this guy goes up into the mountain for 40 days. No food, no water. For 40 days. And then he comes back. He doesn't die there. He comes back and his face is glowing. You can't even look into his face. His face is brighter than the sun. He comes down like that. And this is someone that talks to God face to face. God comes... The cloud comes, and then God is talking to Moses. And people are watching. Huh? So, this is the kind of man. This man, I I mean, they saw the way a superpower was brought down. The nation of Egypt, that was the superpower of the day. Do you understand? What's the superpower today? Huh? Somebody says Donald Trump. (laughs) Oh, it's it's South Africa, right? (laughs) Yeah. So, when the U.S. tell a nation, don't do this. You you know, they, they can just wake up and say, don't. And if you try, they'll punish you for doing it. Can you imagine that? It's not their business. Right? But they just say, don't. There is power and there is power. Do you understand? Yeah. So they have the means. Like years ago when they told Gaddafi, no plane flies over your country. No. So your, your planes can't take off. In your own country. Imagine somebody comes to your house and say, no cooking. No cooking in this house. Huh? If the day you cook, you're in trouble. In your own house. So that's how Egypt was in those days. But Moses. Say Moses. Moses brought Egypt to her knees. Okay? So this is the man that Joshua takes over from. So God has to, you know, encourage Joshua. Joshua, be strong. <laughs> you know, when God came to Moses, he didn't tell Moses to be strong. But Joshua needed that word, be strong. That's why I say if God wants to do something in your life, he, he sends the word. And like I often said, and I'll continue to say, if you want to know where God is taking you, watch the kind of words He's sending to you. They're a clue. You might not be prophetic. Just check the words that come. That is a clue as to where God is taking you. Amen? Amen. So God tells Joshua, let's read verse 8 of chapter 1. He says... verses verses 8 and 9, or should we start from verse, no, verse 1 is long, there's no time, (laughs) I know you, you you like too much word, if we start verse 1 now, then I'll be tempted to, (laughs) to (laughs) you know me too, okay. Alright, let's read from verse 6. It says, be strong and of good courage. For to these people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Be strong. You're going to do it. Moses failed. But you will succeed. Can you imagine? I mean anyway, with all that fireworks, Moses still failed. But you will be successful. You will succeed where Moses failed. That's what God was trying to say to Joshua. He needed that. He needed to hear that, I'm telling you. Then the next verse, verse 7. Come on. Verse 7. He says, Only be strong and very courageous. God, I thought you said it now. Why are you saying, why are you repeating? Why are you repeating it? Be strong and courageous. Huh? Be strong and courageous. You know, courage is not the absence of fear, right? Yeah, there is fear, but then you still act. Yeah. That's courage. So, Joshua was shaking like a jelly. <laughs> but God says, come on. Despite your fear, be courageous. Just, just tell yourself, I can do it. Just tell yourself, I can do it. Yeah. Hallelujah. That you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Make sure you don't bring your own law. Make sure you don't introduce your own principles. The same principles I gave Moses. The same word that I gave Moses. The same scripture that I gave Moses. The same commandments that I gave Moses. The same word, the law that I gave Moses. You need to carry the same thing. Because some of us can be so creative that we come up with our own scriptures. Come on. You know, you, come on. You know some of those scriptures, right? What are some of those scriptures that? Even the Bible says God helps those who help themselves. Huh? Yeah. Believe in yourself. The Bible says just believe in yourself. Come on. Come Those are are people's own creative scriptures. Yeah, what else? What else? The voice of man is the voice of God. That's another scripture. It's not in the Bible. It's not in the Bible. It's it's the creativity of man. So, what God said is different. So, God is telling Joshua, don't come up with your own. Don't come up with your own scripture. The same scripture I gave Moses is enough to take you there. It's enough to make you successful. Hallelujah. So you must observe. You must obey those commandments that I gave Moses. Moses is gone, but the commandments are not gone. Moses is dead, but the commandments are not dead. Hallelujah So you need to do what I told Moses. He says, do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may what? Prosper wherever you go. Wherever you go you will prosper. if you will do what I told Moses, if you will be strong, if you will be courageous, if you will be obedient. You will prosper. It's simple. You need someone to help you complicate it. Yeah? Okay, look at verse 8. The almighty verse 8. Come on. (laughs) It says, this book of the law shall not depart from your Come on. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart. Be acceptable to you. So God is interested. And he says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. What you say matters. Don't be fooled. What you say matters in your life. Don't be deceived. What you say matters in your life. It matters. So let this book of the law not depart from your mouth. But it says you shall meditate. Come on. Say meditation. You shall meditate in it day and night. That you may observe. To do according to all that is written in it. For then you will what? Make your way prosperous. Hello? Hello? I thought it's God that makes us prosper. Isn't it God? Isn't it God's responsibility to prosper you? Huh? How many people have? You know, I mean, God. God. But there, look at, God, God is telling Joshua, you, you make your way. You make your what? Your way. Prosperous. And have good... Success, whose responsibility is it for you to be successful? Huh, I thought it's God that makes you successful. Joshua, you want to succeed where Moses failed? This is the this is the key. Come on. So don't empty your mind. Hello, touch someone. Say, don't empty your mind. Fill your, your, your mind with the right stuff. The right stuff. Hallelujah. You want to prosper? Fill your mind. You want to be successful? Fill your mind. Don't empty your mind. Don't listen to them. That's another doctrine. It's not the word of God. So, he says you shall meditate how many times? Day and night. So when you wake up in the morning, you meditate. In the course of the day, you meditate. At night. At night time, you meditate. God should be the first in your thought when you wake up. Yeah. And he should be the last in your thought when you go to sleep. Hallelujah. Begin to pay attention to how you think. And I'm telling you, you will be, you will be amazed at what God will do through you. Pay attention. This is Joshua's key to success. Can't you see that Joshua didn't fail any battle? apart from air, where it was just a result of somebody's covetousness. God says, don't touch anything in Jericho because this is the first first city we're going to take over, right? God says, let this be my first fruit. I'm just explaining to you the principle there. So the reason is, it's mine. Nobody touches it. But after that, they were allowed to touch everything, everywhere else they went. God didn't stop them. But the first one, he says, is mine. The first is mine. That's why you find some people, okay. <sighs> I don't want to go there. No. <sighs> Hallelujah. So, meditation, biblical meditation, the word for meditation here is hagar. Somebody say hagar. Hagar means to mutter. Like, to mutter with your, with your mouth. So meditation is not just about thinking, it's about speaking. So there should be a connection between your mind and your mouth when you meditate. Hallelujah. there must be that connection. all right? So it means to matter. It means also to mourn you know when you you're meditating. But what something is going on that is causing you to do that? Hallelujah! It's meditation, and I give you an example in the scriptures. This this lady praying. How many people remember Hannah? Come on, you like that story, Hannah? Do you want to? Do you want us to go there, or next week? Somebody say there's enough time. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah! Because. I was, I was talking to someone, and he was saying to me, uh, you know, when you pray, do we have to always open our mouth? Do we have to talk every time we pray? You know, why don't you just think? Just think the prayer. I said, wow. Okay, so give me a biblical example of someone who thought. And then he gave me Hannah. Let's look at that scripture. 1 Samuel. Come on, yeah. He gave me the example of Hannah. Yes, this woman she was barren, right? She was barren, and and uh, for years they would go offer sacrifice in her mate, the fellow wife. Had children, you know, and Hannah didn't. And at that time, it was it was it was considered um, it was not a good omen for you not to have a child. So she was always like looked down upon and all of that, and it always broke her heart. But her husband loved her, so he always used to give her more portions than the other one. Everything he would give her more just to console her and all of that, and. But that still didn't console her. It's like, uh, is it Rebecca that said to Isaac, give me children or I die. Whew. Hectic stuff. Hallelujah. So, um, all right. First Samuel, chapter one. First Samuel, chapter one. She goes, she goes before the Lord and uh, she is, look at verse 8. Then Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you not eat? Why is your heart grieved? Am I not better to you than ten sons? Say no. You are not. (laughs) So, Hannah arose after they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, And now Eli the priest was sitting in the seat by the doorpost of the tabernacle of the Lord. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord And wept in anguish. Then she made a vow and said, O Lord God of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a child, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life. And no razor shall come upon his head. And it happened. As she continued praying before the Lord. That Eli watched her mouth. Come on. He did what? He watched her mouth. Now, Hannah spoke in her heart. But only her lips moved. Come on. But her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli thought she was drunk. Hey. You're missing it, old man. So Eli said to her, how long will you be drunk? Put your wine away from you. But Hannah answered and said, no, my Lord, I'm a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor intoxicating drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Come on. She has what? poured out her soul before the Lord. So it was not. No, that's not what she was doing. This guy was trying to use the scripture to tell me that you don't need to talk. Just. And that's not what that scripture is saying. As a matter of fact, she had been meditating for so long. Come on. She, she had gone. Words have failed her. You know how how many people have been to that place where you pray and you cry to God until you don't know what to say anymore. uh, Yeah, that's what she was doing. That is different from Come on. Read your Bible well. Hmm? Yeah, she had expressed her words already. She had expressed herself. She poured out her heart. But you see, that's what meditation does. When you meditate on it, something, something enough, it gets to a point that it begins to take over your soul. Do you understand? It begins to take hold of your soul. And when it begins to take hold of your soul and you speak, power, Something happens. Yes. So meditation involves the mind as well as the mouth. I'm talking about the Hebrew concept. Okay? Look at 1 Timothy chapter 4. I think we will close with that. 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 15. Come on. 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 15. I want you to know that people like Paul they, they, they practice meditation. That's why they could advise Timothy. He had said some things prior to this. We don't want to go there. But look at what he says. He said, meditate on these things. Come on. Give yourself entirely to them. Why? That your progress may be evident to all. So if you want people to see your progress, give yourself more to meditation. Come on. Look at, let's read it in the Amplified. Amplified Bible. Give yourself. It says, look well. Okay. Practice. Oh my, I like that. And cultivate and meditate upon these duties. There are things he has told him. Don't let anyone despise your youth and all of that. Um, But now he's telling Timothy, listen, if you want to prosper, if you want it to be evident in your life, if you want people to see your progress, my son Timothy, do this. Practice and cultivate, meditate upon these duties, throw yourself wholly into them. Give yourself completely to the word of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give yourself completely to God. Don't hold back. Don't give Him 10%. Don't give Him 50%. Don't even give Him 90%. Give Him 100%. Alright? Give Him 100% of your attention. Huh? Give yourself wholly into them as your ministry so that your progress may be evident to how many? Everybody. So everybody can see your progress if you give yourself to meditation you remember there was a time in the life of Isaac that Isaac, the Bible says he was meditating in the field. He practiced meditation. He must have learned from his father, Abraham. Okay? When they went to bring a bride, his bride, and as they were coming, Isaac was not in the house. He was in the field doing what? Meditating. Now, he was not emptying his mind. He was filling his mind. He was in the field, filling his mind with God. Filling his mind with the word of God. Filling his mind with the instructions he got from his father. Filling his mind. Filling his mind. And the, that's where they went to find him. Meditating. Is, that, is it surprising to you that Isaac sowed in one year? He reaped a hundred In one year. He just, he just sowed. Hundredfold. How how does that happen? Meditation. Say meditation. So, maybe you are sowing, but you don't meditate. You don't meditate. So, take the scriptures. Begin to ponder over them. Begin to speak them. Even what we call confession of the word is part of meditation. Start speaking the word of God. Over your life, over your studies, over your, your family. Come on. That is the key to success. Begin to say, I'm favored. Begin to say, God surrounds me with favor like a shield. Begin to say, no weapon formed, the fashion against me shall prosper. Begin to say, I shall live and not die to declare the works of the Lord. Come on. Begin to say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Begin to meditate on those kind of scriptures. Begin to say, I am healed by his stripes. By the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. Begin to think about the stripes of Jesus. Think about those things and let it entice to you. Fill your mind with those kind of scriptures. Alright? Fill your mind with those kind of scriptures. The problem we're having is that we have not Mastered this art of meditation, and that's why it seems as if God's word is powerless. No, God's word is powerful. He said, "Let there be light," and light. Boo. How come he meditated before he spoke? He meditated before he spoke. Huh? Jesus used to meditate. He would leave everybody go alone to meditate, and when he comes out, he says, "Rise and be healed." What well, he had been, he had incubated that through meditation. So many of us we are going around complaining, grumbling, and saying all kind of things. Then you now come and command, and, and nothing is moving. Nothing is moving because you don't meditate. You don't meditate. You only complain. You listen to 702 and they're complaining. Then you repeat what they say. Yeah, you repeat what they say. Oh, things are going down. Oh, the, 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 this nation is going down the tubes now. Uh, uh, they, they, and is that what you're meditating on? Is that your meditation? Don't meditate on those things. Hallelujah. Meditate on the word of God. Even when you see you are weak in a particular area, do you know what you need to do? Start meditating. Get scriptures that re- reinforce your strength in those areas and start meditating on that. Start meditating on that. And you know what? You Start speaking in that area. Speak in that area. I've told you countless times about my experience with uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Meditation. You can change your life. Your life can be transformed through the power of biblical meditation. Let's stand up on our feet. Come on. Hallelujah. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.